0: Should we start? Listen. Sanctification, growth in likeness to Christ. Uh, We're still on this schedule today, part two of sanctification. Next week, baptism in the Holy Spirit and different views on that in the church. Uh, Controversy, and I have a kind of a proposal that I think solves the problem. Um, And then remaining a Christian April 20th, and that might go two weeks, and then death, and, and then glorification. So this is in the section on the order of salvation, and we're here to this blessing of sanctification that the Lord gives us as part of all of what it means to become a Christian. Sanctification, this is what we talked about last week, is a progressive work. This is on your outline. It's a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. We talked about differences between justification and sanctification. That's on your chart. I won't go on your outline. I won't go over that now. We talked about three stages. Right when we become a Christian, there's a definite beginning to sanctification. There's some change of heart. And you begin to love to be obedient to God rather than disobedient. And then point B under this, this definite beginning, is that there's a a definite break from the ruling power and love of sin. Unbelievers are trapped in being uh, slaves of sin or of unrighteousness, and they can't do anything that would really significantly change their pattern of life in God's sight. But, um, but for a Christian, God doesn't set us free from all sin, but breaks the ruling power and, and, and dominating love of sin and, and gives us a change of heart. That's one of the signs that we've been born again. And so point C, that means that sin can never defeat a Christian. And then sanctification increases throughout life, and it's completed at death for our souls and when the Lord returns for our bodies, uh, even though it's never completed in this life. And we talked about that last week. And then so there's that chart um, that uh, uh, is on your outline. And it says, well, non-Christians are slaves to sin, kind of a little bit better or worse in terms of Um, outward conformity to God's laws but not anything that really pleases God at the point of conversion we make a definite jump up to this this part of the chart that I call growing in holiness and through life we kind of go forward and back and forward and back but the overall course of life should be upward and if you've been a Christian 30 years You really should be at a higher stage of growth in holiness of life than you were at 20 years or at 10 years or right when you became a Christian. There should be growth through the Christian life. And that's what Romans 6, sin will have no dominion over you. You're not under law but under grace. Don't yield yourselves to sin uh, as instruments of unrighteousness. Yield yourselves to God. Yield yourselves to uh, uh, righteousness for sanctification. There's there's this growth in, and and that we talked a number of verses about. This is progressive, and it's and it's throughout the Christian life, and it should give us a good perspective on looking toward the years to come yet in our lives, and that we should grow closer to God, we should become more Christ-like, and if you're 40, you should look forward to 50, 60, 70, 80. Those will be years of growth in. Holiness, growth in closeness to the Lord, greater understanding of Him—that really presents spiritually and in terms of walk with God. That presents a positive perspective on aging, doesn't it? It means that. It, well, of course, our Paul says um, our our uh, our outer body or our outward person, uh, our outer body is wasting away. Thank you, Paul. That's nice of you to say. Uh, You look like you're wasting away. Well, anyway. um, But our inner man, our inner person, is being renewed day by day, it says in 2 Corinthians. So uh, there's a renewal and a strengthening. And then at death, we go to a point of perfect holiness in the presence of God and no more sin left in our hearts. So that's what we talked about in that chart. So now, that was where we ended last week. Now we start here. God and man cooperate in sanctification. God and man cooperate in sanctification. God has a role that is primary. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may the God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. That's God's role. Uh, God the Father does this. God is at work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Uh, or he, that's Philippians 2.13 or Hebrews 13. 20 to 21, may the God of peace equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. So God works in us what is pleasing. And God the Son has a role. He earned sanctification for us, and he's our example. So 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ Jesus is our sanctification. And then he's our example, Hebrews 12.2. The way it gets hard, we're supposed to look to Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I didn't put verse 1 in here. Verse 1 is, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So it's like this this race, but it's it's not as though nobody's gone before. Jesus is the trailblazer. He's the groundbreaker. He's the... One who has gone before, and we look to him for an example and follow in his steps. 1 Peter 2.21, Jesus is an example. For this you have been called. Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so you might follow in his steps. Um, and 1 uh, John 2.6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walks. Walk as a pattern of life. So our life ought to be patterned after Jesus' life, and that's uh, that's a role that He has as our example. Then the Holy Spirit works in us. First Peter one two talks about the sanctification of the Spirit. 2 Thessalonians two thirteen sanctification by the Spirit. Galatians five twenty two to twenty three the Holy Spirit produces these these fruits in us, uh, or if it's fruit, it's parts different aspects of the fruit. You can go either way. But the Holy Spirit produces in our hearts love rather than bitterness, anger, hatred, resentment. Joy rather than despair and grumbling and complaining all the time. Peace rather than anxiety and stress all the time. Patience rather than, I suppose, being impatient and short-tempered. Kindness rather than being mean all the time. Goodness rather than being, I don't know what that would be, evil and doing harm to people all the time. Uh, Faithfulness rather than always breaking your promises and your commitments. Uh, gentleness rather than being harsh, self-control rather than being totally undisciplined and out of control. The Holy Spirit gradually produces more and more of that in us as he works in us. That's the Holy Spirit's role. That's what sanctification does. And Christians, the older they become, Christians ought to have more and more of these things characterizing their lives. And when others think of us, they should think, you know, those those are what that person is like. Those are true of them. I don't know if you think that about each other or not. I think in general those things are true. And when we get to know each other more, we should see more evidences of those qualities in our life. That's what sanctification is. Our role. Okay, God works in us, but here we're saying, unlike justification where God just declares us to be righteous, in sanctification we have a role as well. We cooperate. And I'm going to say that we have a passive and an active role. And sometimes people just emphasize one or emphasize the other and it kind of gets a distorted picture. The passive role has to do with yielding to God or relying on him or giving up to him. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's very helpful when you hear sermons or messages on this. Yield your life to God. Tell him you'll go where he wants you to go. You'll do what he wants you to do. You'll obey what he wants you to obey. I mean, that's following in Jesus' steps, isn't it? Jesus came to do the will of the Father. It's good for us to yield in that way. Romans 6.13, do not present your members. That means, I suppose that means your arms and your legs and your hand and and your head and everything. Your members, but it may mean also your car and your house and your job and your checkbook. Your members, just the different aspects of your life. Don't present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. I think that means saying to the Lord, Lord, here I am. Here's my day. I give it to you. Here's my job. I give it to you. Use me as you will. Here's my... Where's my checkbook? <laughs> Here's my checkbook. I give, it, I give it to you. Lord, use it. Help me be faithful and use it how you want me to use it. Here's my mind, my thoughts, my time. I give it to you. That's yielding ourselves to God. That's a kind of a passive thing. It's saying, okay, Lord, hold it with an open hand. I turn it over to you. I trust you. Romans 12:1 says a similar thing. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament people would, you know, they bring a, 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 a bull or a, a calf or a sheep or something, and they'd say, okay, they'd put it to death, they'd put it on the fire on the altar, and they would sacrifice it and say, Lord, you know, I could have eaten this but I'm giving it up to you as part of my income, but I'm giving it as a sacrifice to you. And it burned, and of course it kind of ascended to God, and it was a, it was a picture of saying, God, I'm giving up something that's important to me, but I'm offering it to you. Now, Paul says, do that with your body. Say, Lord, all right, here's my body. I'm putting it on the altar, and I'm offering it up to you to be obedient, to, to honor you in whatever I can. So present your bodies as a living sacrifice, not a dead one like the Old Testament animals, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So there's a passive role in sanctification. It's yielding, it's giving in, it's submitting to God in all that he tells us to do in all areas of life. It's good for us to do that from time to time just to go through kind of a checklist in our heart and say, Lord are at different areas of my life. Am I holding anything back from you? Is there anything I'm putting before you? I give myself to you. I give my body to you. I give all the parts of my life to you as a sacrifice. That's the passive role. But then, but then you see, if people just focus on that, and there are, there are kind of movements and conferences having to do with just Yield, 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 yield. Turn yourself over to God. Turn yourself over to God. That's just half of it. Because then you need to do something. There has to be positive after that. Get going and doing something. And there are verses that talk about active effort that we put forth in sanctification. Effort, work, discipline. Romans 8.13 If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You, so there's a combination here. It's the spirit being involved, but we do this. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And the body here is, means, it's just another way of Paul speaking about our old self, our sinful disposition, our sin that remains. Put to death those things. Um, that's active. Or Philippians 2, 12 to 13, combination. Talking about obedience. Therefore, you Philippians, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, you know, when Paul was with them, they were on good behavior, right? But now, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, salvation there doesn't mean conversion, first initial saving faith. It means, salvation here means this. Work out your own salvation. That is, work out the results of it. Work out the growth of it with fear and trembling. So you work it out. Let's see if I can get back to that now. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to willing to do his good pleasure. So, look, God's already working in you. It's kind of like... <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh, one of those little electric cars where the battery's already in it now you got to just switch it on and get going. So God's at work in you. He's kind of the, giving you the energy, the ability to do this, so now get moving. So God is working in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. To will, that has to do with our decision-making process, our shall I do this, shall I not, shall I do this? Yes, that decision of yes, I will walk in obedience to you, Lord, I will do this, God is at work in you to bring you to the ability to choose and to decide what he wants to do, to will and to work for his good pleasure. So you work it out, you progress in holiness with fear and trembling. Wow, ah, Fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. I think that's, I think that's kind of a sense of awe and reverence at the holiness of God, at His majesty, at the immense immensity of uh, the work that He will do um, in us and in, in the world with fear and trembling. But continue to work. Okay, 2 Corinthians 7.1. Same church Paul's writing to. Another command. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Promises about God's working in you, calling you to himself, calling you out from the evils of the world. Since we have these, let's do it. Let's Let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Every defilement, everything that would be impure, everything that would be unpleasing to God that you would be giving your body to or your spirit to, cleanse yourself. So there's effort. Here, we encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. <laughs> but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Stir up one another to love and good works. That's what Margaret does for me every once in a while. She said, Wayne, are you getting to your work? Or are you just reading those blog sites? Or all that news on the internet. She's stirring me up to love and good works. And so we encourage one another that way. And when we get involved in each other's lives, we begin to know each other. The danger of a church like Scottsdale Bible Church is that people come and get lost. They don't know each other. They don't have anybody really close enough to them to stir them up to love and good works. And so this is kind of encouragement to get involved, not only in a big group deal like the main church worship or maybe even this, but also some smaller group where you're informally or formally meeting with friends that can encourage you pray together, pray for each other. We, this is a progress where we help each other. So then uh, look at this one, Hebrews 12, 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness Without which no one will see the Lord. I think, in an intermediate sense, in this lifetime, our walking with God has to do with holiness of life. And the more there's holiness of life, the more we see Him. That is, we see Him at work in our lives and we have a personal encounter with Him that's deeper. But then eventually, um, Paul's reminding us that, or not Paul, the author of Hebrews, reminding us that we. In order to be in the Lord's presence and see him, we're going to have to have perfect holiness. So let's strive for it now. That's a really active verse. Strive for holiness. That's active effort. First John 3.3 3, Everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Taking thought to cleanse ourselves from impure thoughts, impure attitudes of mind. This is the picture of challenge in the Christian life. It's not The Christian life is not for lazy people. It's not for timid people. It's for people who are going to put forth effort and work and challenge and, and, and strive for holiness and, and purify themselves. Second uh, Peter 1.5, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. And it goes on in a long list of things we are to add to our faith. So it isn't trust Jesus, be forgiven, and you're going to heaven, so relax. You've got it made. Don't do anything for the rest of your life. It's no. Yield your whole selves, your whole life to God, and then begin to put forth effort to be obedient to him in every area that he calls you to, and do your best. So that's a balanced perspective, I think, on an active and passive part in sanctification. If we neglect the passive aspect of yielding ourselves and committing and trusting God, then then we lose dependence on him, and then it becomes just self-effort in what we call the strength of the flesh, the strength of our own nature, and, and we become anxious and it's frustrating in the end because we're not doing this simultaneously with trusting in God. So we have to have this passive aspect of yielding and trusting. But if we neglect the the, the active aspect, then we become just lazy Christians who are not helping anybody in the world. Not making any progress in growth and holiness. We can't neglect, strive for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there's a trust factor and there's an obey factor. And we saying trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We sang that last week. Carolyn,
1: I was just thinking how I, this is very timely because you have to hold at, it real oh, close. after after we um, you know present ourselves and make sure that we uh, are you know with giving God the control, yeah, yeah, yeah. then we need to get involved with these issues that we yep. all have a feeling about, but yep. everybody says, well, somebody else will, yep. or, or you've got to, you know, you've got to let it be known, your feelings, and it's up to us. So yeah. I was thinking all the way through this, I thought, that's what we had to do. First, know God's in control. Yep. And that God will give us what it takes. Yep. And then speak do, up. Do and something, And do, yeah. and be active. and Yeah. Good. Get involved because if we're Christians, that's our job. <laughs> yeah,
0: good. Thanks, Carolyn. It's good. Okay, let me just go on here uh, and get to another section. And then, we'll be, But I'm thinking, how long did it take you to call the corporate office of Harkin Cinema, Susie? Two minutes. But maybe the two minutes that she spent influences whether they'll show this movie at Scottsdale 101 Theater, which would be convenient for lots and lots of people. That's doing something. Yeah. Good. Sanctification requires work. There are no shortcuts, known to me anyway. Bible reading and meditation. Delight in the law of God. Psalm 1-2. Matthew 4-4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to nourish our hearts daily with God's word. Take time. Just take some time to set aside every day. Prayer. Prayer. Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit. Just getting to grow in this discipline, setting aside time for prayer, but then increasing this discipline throughout the day, just quietly, briefly, really quickly, sending prayers to the Lord and and talking to Him. Praying at all times, Ephesians 6.18. Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I'd say we're concerned about what's happening in the laws of our state and our country. First step, pray. Say, Lord, help. Lord, will you change this situation? And then, Lord, is there something you want me to do? So, but pray, instead of just being anxious and worried. There's another step in sanctification, that is worship. Don't get drunk with wine, Ephesians 5.18. That's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. God changes our hearts in worship. When we're singing praise, when we're in the midst of worship of him, He changes our hearts. He works in our hearts. I don't know why that is exactly, but that's what he does. So, worship is a part of sanctification. And maybe that means, you know, maybe that means putting on some worship music at home so your heart is drawn to the Lord. Or maybe when you're driving the car. That's a little help in sanctification. For witnessing to others, Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's an excitement about sharing the gospel with non-Christians. It just helps our Christian life. Christian fellowship. Talked about this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. If you are not somehow involved in a smaller group of Christians, a small group ministry or a small group in the church, who's in charge of small groups? That, (laughs) That would happen to be Ev, who's sitting right in front of me here. Would you stand up, Ev? Please. Turn on If you're not in a small group, here's the person to talk to, Ev Langley. She's our aide in sanctification. Don't
1: do that
0: to me. No, I mean coordinating small groups is. Okay. I mean that's that's the purpose, isn't it? So and then and then over time, a small group that where we're getting to know each other and we're encouraging one another and stirring up one another to love and good works. Self control. Hmm. The Greek word enkrateia means in, it, it's it's composed of two words. Kratia is strength, and in means in, and means in. So it's in strength, it's inward strength. It's the strength inside that says, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's self-control. I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's self-control. Let's try to teach that to children as they're growing up, right? I don't feel like doing my homework, but you've got to do it. Okay, I'll do it. That's self-control. That's part of the work of the Spirit. But there's another part of self-control, and that is, I feel like doing this, but it's wrong. So I'm not going to do it. That's self-control, too. There's something inside you that says, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to rule over my kind of feelings and desires, and I'm going to do what I know is right to do. Not just kind of be blown, with, blown and tossed by the wind, whatever way things happen to be flowing along. Self control. Titus 1 8. A hospitable, a lover of good, self control, upright, holy. Self control is a part of discipline, it's part of holiness, part of sanctification. Sanctification, well, so those were different parts of it. Sanctification affects the whole person, it affects our intellect. I think that learning about the Bible helps us grow. Learning, I mean, that's what we're doing, that's what we do. these Class is for on Sunday morning. That's what the sermon is for on Sunday morning. That's what reading your Bible is about. It's growing in knowledge. And so Colossians 3.10, the new self is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Being renewed, we're, being, we're learning more. And when we learn more, that should contribute to more obedience and more understanding of what God wants us to do. Romans 12.1-2 after it talks about presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, then it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We read the Bible, and the Bible changes our mind about things. So our mind is being renewed. That's, that's growth in holiness intellectually. That's growing in Bible study and knowledge. So we understand God, understand what he wants us to do. Uh, Colossians 1.10, a life fully pleasing to God is increasing in the knowledge of God. You should have a regular pattern of Bible reading. Just so you're growing, increasing. That's part of a life that's pleasing to God. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's part of sanctification. But then sanctification also affects our emotions. I mean, part of the fruit of the Spirit has to do with joy. That's an emotion. Joy, rather than being always pessimistic and negative and critical and just discouraging to people all the time nobody wants to be around you because you're always complaining that's not a joyful christian but joy means the holy spirit begins to produce more joy in us and delight in the midst of even when circumstances aren't going the way we want we're walking with the lord and we're thankful to him and we're thankful that all things work together for good for those who love god and are called according to his purpose We're thankful that his good purposes, you know, what happens in the state legislature, we're not happy about, about, but God's good purposes for all of history are going to be worked out, so we do our best at this time. But we also know that the end end result is going to be the establishment of God's kingdom. He's going to triumph, and that gives us joy. Okay, there's joy. There's joy, and the presence of God gives us joy in our hearts. And peace. Peace has to do with our emotions, I think. Doesn't it? Walking with the Lord. I find that when I... When I sit down with my Bible and then begin to read and spend time in the Lord's presence in the morning, the 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 dominant thing that happens is God gives peace to my heart. That's the first thing that happens: this sense of peace coming over me. From I've been doing this or that, kind of getting the cup of tea and and the special health food, protein-packed muffin that Margaret has made for me, filled with cranberries, and oh, it's so good. And, and so I'm waking up, I'm thinking, okay, tea, get the muffin, all right, and then get to where I'm going to read my Bible, and I start reading the Bible, and then this peace comes. There's peace in the Lord's presence. I can pray about things Then it. The Holy Spirit's producing that. It isn't automatic, it isn't the first thing I'm feeling in the morning, but, but the Word, and then prayer, it produces that peace. I want it to last through the day. It doesn't always last that way through the day. There's the Holy Spirit changing our hearts, our emotions. 1 Peter 2.11, I, I, I urge you as sojourners and exiles in the world, he means. You're, you're, you're aliens in the world. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Passions of the flesh. Now, flesh is Peter's word here for kind of those sinful desires contrary to God that remain in our lives even after we've become Christians. It's not just our physical bodies, but it's kind of the flesh as opposed to the spirit, the kind of natural person in the sinful world as opposed to the spirit-governed person. And, and Peter says, abstain from the passions of the flesh. Those would be, what would they be? Jealousing, jealousy, coveting, lust, resentment, hatred, bitterness, passions of the flesh. Um, th- those kinds of things. Um, abstain from those which wage war against your soul. And just to give you a little picture here, wage war, Greek word, stratoumai it has to do with fighting as a soldier. And the picture is kind of, you just kind of picture these little sinful desires in you being like little miniature soldiers and they're Shooting arrows into your soul. Ooh, ooh. See, the, and, and the more you give in to those, the more you're giving them strength to harm you spiritually. They're, they're attacking you. They're attacking your spiritual life. They're dragging you down. Abstain from them, Peter said. Don't let your mind linger on those. Don't let your mind just linger on coveting, 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 resentment, 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 bitterness, lust jealousy, jealousy, I don't know, whatever I mean, whatever kind. You know what those things are, and you don't like them. When you feel them, you don't like them. Peter said, don't wallow in them. Turn to God's Word, pray, begin to think the opposite kind of things, and those past, those emotions are going to be changed. And so God, I think, is at work gradually changing us, changing our thoughts, changing our emotions and our pattern of emotions as we grow in sanctification. Do not love the world. There's an emotion. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world is, here, the sinful world system that is opposed to God. Don't love those things that are opposed to God, but be grieved by them. When you see things in the world that are just going contrary to God, don't be fascinated by them. Oh, this is very interesting. Let me find out more and more and more and just enjoy the world system opposed to God, but don't love that, John says. Love God. Thanks be to God. You who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed. This has to do with our heart having emotions and desires that are consistent with God's will. There is a will that is the ability to decide to obey. It's God who works in you. To will is good pleasure. Our will, our ability to decide for the right gets stronger over time as we grow in sanctification. Our spirit That non-material part of us, we cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Our spirit becomes more and more purified over time. Holiness of life. Um, 1 Corinthians 7.34, Paul talks about how to be holy in body and spirit. And then our physical bodies. Well, even this one, how to be holy in body. That is the things we give our body to and how we treat our body, how we use our body. Physical bodies. Now may the God of peace sanctify you. Completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 7:1. Cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. So, I think that means care and how we take care of our bodies, doesn't it? Why? Well, what if I think about it? What is the deepest motivation? for me in eating those health food muffins that Margaret makes for me as opposed to the cherry danish that I one time ate. <laughs> <laughs> cherry danish, do you know what cherry danish are? Oh, and they get these cherry pie filling inside and the white frosting Or okay. Uh, yeah, okay. But, yeah, white, f- white okay, Sandy's, okay. But Margaret's making me these great health food muffins. Why They're better for me. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to be more effective in serving God 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Why am I riding that exercise bike or doing a little bit of other kinds of exercise that Rick Nevins encourages me to do at the gym? because, Because that's sanctification of my body. I want my body to be more effective in God's work for more hours in the day. And I want my body to be effective five years from now and 10 years from now and 15 years from now if the Lord allows me to do that. Now, sometimes things happen. There are circumstances over which you don't have control. But as we have opportunity, I think sanctification includes taking care of our bodies to make them useful for God's kingdom. So lots of this. Uh, Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 13. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Here's another way you sanctify your body. Don't get involved in sin. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So glorify God in your body. We're to treat it well. Okay, now, that's, that's a lot. That was all section D. It affects intellect, emotions, will, spirit, physical bodies. Now I want to see... Because the next section is long and really rich. And it's wonderful material. But, but let's just stop there and see if you want to interact. On What did we talk about? Three stages in sanctification. God and man cooperate. A passive role, an active role. And now it affects the whole person. John. Would you,
1: would, would you just unpack or talk a little bit about taking every thought captive?
0: Can you just tell it? Tell me what that would look like in a practical application. You know, I kind of had a vague idea in my mind of what it meant, but now that you ask me, I'm going to see if somebody else has some ideas. What do you think taking every thought captive means? Carol?
1: If something comes into your mind, you know, for instance, pornography, uh, just immediately stop and and ask for the cleansing mm. of Christ and, and mm-hmm. let him take over the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like
0: a like a policeman arresting it and kicking it out almost. Get out of here. Okay. Good. Yeah good. Anything else on taking every thought captive? Everybody okay, Susie do you have a thought on this? I think there's also a sense not assuming that every thought that comes into your mind is yours and is valid that there are things that come through because we one of our enemies is the father of lies, to put it through the filter, which requires having been in the word of God, which can be that filter for okay. us, and to take that time to think, what I just thought, was was that valid? Mm-hmm. And if not, to take that time to actively say, that that's not true, and to maybe go to God's good. word and correct that thought. Good. Whether it's a mindset about God yeah. or a
1: mindset about another person, but to be active to correct that thought.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, Susie, I, I, in fact, I've more than once met someone who said, every once in a while I get these ideas, you should kill yourself. Oh, where's that coming from? That's coming from the enemy, just putting a bad thought in your mind. But other things can be that way, too. Yeah, okay, uh, right here. Yeah. What's your name? I can't see your name today. Uh,
1: Doug. 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 Uh, this is just something the Lord showed to me just last Friday, I think, in Proverbs. Don't even think, oh, do it, don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Mm-hmm. Turn away and keep moving.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doug. Good. It's kind of, don't let your mind linger on how fun it would be to do this wrong or that wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, back here. Another one.
1: Mm-hmm. we can um, we get a void when we stop thinking that but we can learn to fill that void with the other kind of thinking Yeah, you can even learn the parallels to train yourself what would be yeah. what I should think about when that yeah. thought comes
0: good good and so spending time reading the word sometimes I Putting on tapes that have just people reading through the Bible is something. Praise music, those things that fill our, our hearts in a positive way. Keith. Yeah, I'm just going to build
1: on what
0: been said. I... Wait, is that or did you have more to say here? Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah, just just
1: to build what's being unsaid. Yeah, you know, the operative verse to me is Romans 12:2. It's uh, not being conformed, mm-hmm. but being transformed. Yeah, kind okay. of building on what
0: you. That's the filter that Susie's All talking right. about. Is we. Focus on being transformed by the word, then yeah. yeah. every word, every thought gets captive. Yeah. I tell you, as we, as all these different comments are really making me think, what John brought up about taking every thought captive, this is a huge part of what growing in holiness of life is, because our thoughts really influence what we do in our life. So, yeah, that's good. That's a major thing. Yeah, way in back here. What's your name? Jill. Jill.
1: Um, Another thing you could do, I think, is take it to the end of the thought. Oh. And whether it be the bad consequences that the the thought could bring or the good good things.
0: Yeah. So if as somebody brought up pornography, the end of that thought is adultery, destroyed marriage, destroyed life. (coughs) Anger against someone, the end of that thought is murder. Destroyed life, destroyed other life, destroyed your life. So take it to the end. Watch where it's headed, where the enemy wants to take us, so we get shocked. Okay, not letting those thoughts. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, Doug. Oh, what's your name? Shirley. Shirley. I've got to put the microphone to your... Oh, Shirley Hollis. Okay, Shirley.
1: Oh, when I'm thinking stuff, I shouldn't be thinking. I tell myself real loud, shut up, Shirley. And then, and then I go and do what's right or do, distract myself, put on the music, put on something I should be doing. Yep. If it comes back again, I say, I said, shut up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you, Shirley.
1: <laughs> I
0: think I got the point. Good. Okay. All right. Uh, Doug had a, a comment here. Just in general on what we talked about, about sanctification, Doug,
1: You talk about that, uh, our thoughts right. are so much of what we do. When, when, I, when I read through the Bible, and it comes to saints, um, is what we are, how God sees us after our sanctification. And I wonder if, if we realized when we're in that sin, if we are saints who are doing that sin. When I read the Bible, I don't see any place where it talks about sanctification, after sanctification god seeing us as sinners hmm. we, we are sanctified s- sinful natures yeah yeah but sinners are those who haven't yet come to christ okay but it's preached so much to us that we are sinners yeah that i think it makes it easier for us to fall into sin okay as opposed to realizing we are saints okay because it's so, harder for me to sin when, when i know god expects me yeah. to be a saint
0: yeah good Okay, so, so think of myself as a saint and then start acting like
1: it. That's right. Oh, good. Yeah. That's right. I can't be something I don't think I am. Oh, that's good, Doug. Okay, good. That's really helpful, too. And, but it's only because of his grace that yeah. that, that sainthood is, is put upon okay. us. Okay,
0: so I've got to remember, first tell myself, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then tell myself I'm a saint, so that's act right. like it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> good. Okay. Because that's how we're seen by God, and he's given I like us it. that. Yeah, this He's helpful. given us that. Okay, good. Through Jesus. Yeah.
0: Good. Anything else on sanctification? Yeah, surely.
1: So I guess that we should abort and redirect potentially sinful thoughts. So this is an abortion we can adopt. Uh,
0: uh, abort thoughts and adopt good ones. And okay, thanks. Okay, okay. Patrick has a comment over here.
1: Notice the operative word is work out your salvation, mm-hmm. not for. It assumes you already got it. Yeah, okay, good. Because, you know, being born is a beginning, but maturity yeah. is a process. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, Latin word for education is to bring forth from within. So the theory
0: is I already know everything you need to know. The idea is to bring it out where I can find it. Okay, it's work say, out, not work for. It's said to me more than once, where's my cell phone? Oh, I'm using it. Um, I forgot for a second I had it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Look, um, where are we here? We're about at the end. And I I tell you, I, I kind of got through a... I mean, this is really central stuff to the Christian life. It's practical. It's just good for us to spend some time on. I've got the other 11 points here in the outline, but I can easily take an hour on these different motives that God gives us. Wonderful. Wonderful motives in the New Testament for why we should grow in holiness, why we should seek to be obedient. And I can take the whole class next week and do that. So, why don't we do that? Let's see. Are we ready? to? See? Any more comments or questions on sanctification? Yeah. Right here. Don, Don or Gene? Oh,
1: you spoke to it last week, but just the phrase, it's the title of the book, you know, what would Jesus do? Yeah. What would Jesus think? Yeah. Um. And so, I rely on that as a filter, but yeah, everybody has said pretty much the same yeah. thing, yeah,
0: I think that 's good gene and I, I it's been kind of distorted because people have their own agendas that they 're promoting, and what would jesus drive or, or, or you know what kind of how would Jesus vote and all i don't know um, but uh but there is value in the question, even if some people give kind of strange answers to it it's good it's a good idea, okay, well, look. I've got a, a hymn here that I just, I, I think it's a little bit of a risk because I don't know if you know this. It's an old, when is it? It's an 1887 hymn. How many people know this? Take time to be holy. Do, 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 do. Abide in him always. and feed always. Oh, you know it. Okay, let's sing this. And if we've got enough time, uh, well, let's just sing this and I think we'll be done. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom in giving us a progressive path of sanctification. Thank you for the challenge that you lay before us in the Christian life. That there is trust in you and there is struggle and striving for holiness. And thank you for the joy that you promised to us. The joy of fellowship with yourself. The reward of knowing more of your presence, the reward of closeness to you in prayer, the reward of seeing the fruit of our lives, touching the lives of others, the reward of walking in fellowship with one another, the reward of seeing your kingdom advanced. Lord, we thank you. Lord, what what an amazing privilege you give us to be your sons and daughters be members of your family. This week, Lord, will you work in us to will and to do your good pleasure. Will you help us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Will you help us to take every thought captive to be obedient to you. Will you help us to abstain from sinful passions of the flesh that wage war against our souls. Will you help us to strive for holiness without which no one will see you. Lord, we help us become more like yourself. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next week.